This is Tops Talk. On this week's show, we break down the budding prospects and outstanding rookies you should look to collect. We preview the latest release of the ever-popular Allen & Ginter baseball set. And for our inaugural interview, we hear from Twins outfielder Byron Buxton. This is Episode 1. Hi everyone and welcome to Tops Talk. It's the inaugural episode. Alongside Andrew Diamond, I'm Alex Birch, and we thank you for listening in from whenever and wherever you are. We have a great show for you this week, which includes our interview with rookie Twins outfielder Byron Buxton and a look into this year's exciting and fun and wacky Allen and Ginter baseball set. But before we bring you those segments, we start off with what we call the Bowman Breakdown, where Andrew and I go through top prospects and rookies you should keep your eye on to either start or grow your collections. Andrew, let's get moving. And why don't we begin with the guys who are knocking on that door pretty heavily to start their big league career? Well, we got to start at top the uh, midseason list here with Corey Seager. Uh, he ranks number one on most prospect lists here in the midway point of the uh, 2015 season, and um, he is performing well beyond his years. I would I would think that he's due for a September call, but the latest. Jimmy Rollins is blocking him right now, and he's not having the greatest year of his career, but um, we fully expect Seager to be up at some point. And the other guy who I see coming up, uh, barring further injury, is Hector Oliveira. He's been battling... Uh, some hamstring issues, just went on the seven-day DL in the minors uh, for the second time in the last two months. But here's a 30-year-old Cuban uh, second base, third base, and potentially outfield uh, player. He uh, hopefully, you know, he could be their next Alex Guerrero in some ways. Um, we'll see if he gets more playing time. But a uh, 30-year-old who's looked good in a short stint uh, between double and triple A thus far should make it up. Again, depends on health. Um, some other guys further down the list. Aaron Judge of the Yankees, Luis Severino of the Yankees. We think there's a 50-50 shot they could make an impact this year. And uh, keep keeping going on here, we got Jose Barrios of the Twins, another 50-50 chance in my opinion. Uh, young right-handed pitcher out of that organization. Jose Peraza, a Braves middle infielder who has 60 stolen base uh, potential. Um, John Gray, um, right-handed hard-throwing pitcher out of the Rockies organization. Henry Owens as well. Um, right on the cusp, and Robert Stevenson, who I initially thought was probably going to get the call up this year to replace Cueto, but things are getting crowded there after that trade just went down, uh, sending Finnegan and John Lamb over. So there's some competition to crack that Reds rotation now. We'll see if Stevenson makes it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and for those who did not know, this is fairly recent stuff. Johnny Cueto going to the Kansas City Royals, and that's a nice get for them. But they did the Royals, that is, give up some very nice arms, most notably Brandon Finnegan. But let's go back a little bit, talking about Seager. He is going to be fantastic. And and he is going to be one of these shortstops that you just dream that you can have on your favorite team. For sure. He's not a guy you look to trade at the deadline. You look to keep that guy because he's going to be cemented on the left side of that infield for years to come under an affordable contract for the next seven years. And he's he could you know jump right out of the gate um perform at all-star levels but we'll see you know any process every prospect is you know different story when they get to the big leagues but um we'll see what happens with Seager we're expecting big things though absolutely and then another player that 
really just jumps off not just the page, but the screen when you're watching him is Aaron Judge, who everyone, when they look at him, sees Mike Stanton, or Giancarlo Stanton, most recently, and he just has this size, the strength, and he just seems like the whole package, and he's going to absolutely hypnotize Yankee fans with that gargantuan size and those home runs that could go forever. Yeah. I mean, they haven't had that type of an, a, a power hitting outfielder in a long time. For sure. I mean, six foot seven, 275 foot outfielders, those don't grow on trees. So uh, the Yankee fans should be definitely excited about him and his arrival. But um, we'll see either late this year, early next year. We'll see what it is. But in that ballpark, um, the rest of the league should be on notice. That guy is going to be hitting, he could be a perennial 40 home run guy if he hits his, uh, hits his ceiling. So we'll see. Oh, without a doubt. Now let's talk about the guys who weren't on Baseball America's top 100 list before. And then now that they're on the top 50 list, they're starting to make a name for themselves. Andrew, who are those players? Well, we'll start off again with the Dodgers. Uh, Jose DeLeon, who was picked in the 24th round in 2013 out of the Colegio of San Antonio. He's having an incredible season. Uh, We actually had the chance to meet him in the Topps office last year. Um, his agent brought him down to do a signing session. Frankly, I'd never heard of the kid. After he left, um, I looked up his numbers and couldn't believe I hadn't heard of him because he was striking out about 10 or 11 per, per nine innings. And this year, he's following it up with 132 Ks and 33 walks through 94 innings pitched across single and double A, which are incredible strikeout numbers for a kid at 22 years old. Those are video game-esque. And, I mean, I love watching this kid pitch, mainly because it's so simple. You look at his motion, and it's very, very compact. There's not a lot going on with it. You can look at him and say, okay, maybe there isn't, like, a huge range of where this guy could be in the next few years when you're talking about the talent level. But who cares? Who cares? The guy throws strikes almost every pitch that he throws, and he throws it wherever he wants it. Not only that, but he just has such a workable motion that – you know he's, he's going to have that same motion for like 20 years. So this guy is a guy that you got to bet on. Who yeah. else do you have on your list? We got um, Brett Phillips, who checks in at 21 now, which is one spot behind DeLeon, who I forgot to mention is 20 now. Both of those guys were unranked before the season, and uh, Phillips is putting up some great numbers as well. He's going to be a future piece in that Astros outfield, which is already getting crowded. Um, that's a team that's already well ahead of uh, their projections. Um, I know – you know, we've seen Sports Illustrated predict that they were going to be 2017 World Series champs, but they're ahead of schedule, and Brett Phillips is a big part of that. Um, coming in at 23 on the list, the midseason list, is Bradley Zimmer, who also was unranked. I would have to assume that he was right on the cusp of that top 100 preseason, but he's checking in at 23 now. Kid is a five-tool potential talent, has 33 stolen bases to go with 11 home runs. Batting 310 with a 405 on base percentage and 500 slugging. He's the brother of Kyle Zimmer, who was the f- former fifth overall pick out of the Royals organization. Um, real exciting kid. Uh, he, he could fit in real nicely next to Brantley in that outfield. In and the, in and those numbers that you said actually sound exactly like Michael Brantley. Yeah. And it seems like, and if you can have two of Michael Brantley's in your outfield, yeah. you what you want. Though. I mean, uh, yeah, except for the stolen base part, he's even that's you know, true. He's better. Yeah, he's better. There. But I love Zimmer mainly because of his his swing and the way that he goes about that swing, which is, I like to say that it's short, sweet, and to the point. Because there's no extra movement needed, and especially for a lefty where you can get away with being a little more uppercut, but he doesn't need it. All he does is go right to the ball. He can hit the ball to all fields. Clearly, he can play well around the diamond, as in. 
in the field as well and run really well. But that swing is so nice that it can just spray balls everywhere. And that's the type of guy that you have to bank on, that you can bank on, and that you can get really excited about. And, you know, hopefully we'll see. You know, we're, we're recording this right before the trade deadline, folks. So um, we hope we're getting the team rights here, with the team names right here. We might not be. It's um, true. It's true. Things know, can change things in a couple of weeks. very quickly. Especially around um, now. Perhaps we don't hope. It's pretty exciting to see these guys on the move. Um, we'll see what kind of trades go down. But in the meantime, we'll keep going at it. Uh, we got Glaber Torres checking in at 28. He was also unranked before the season. Yet another Cubs young hitter on the way. He's still a ways away, though. He's, um, you know, he signed out of the uh, out of Venezuela two years ago. Kid's only 18, and he's already playing, you know, performing well at single A. Um, real nice, smooth, smooth swinging uh, middle infielder for the Cubs, who, uh, you know, should be up in a couple years. But they don't need him. That's no. that's the amazing. Well, there's part. a guy who you know could could get moved. He could. They've got so he much so much hitting in the pipeline that it's time to supplement that with a little top of the rotation stuff there. Yeah, ex- exactly. There are a lot of teams I'm sure that need that hitting, that that nice young solid hitting. Um, shifting down south, we've got two pitchers for the Tampa Bay Rays who were unranked preseason. We got Brent Honeywell who's checking in at 40, and a big imposing lefty who's ranked 41, is Blake Snell, who you'll actually hear a little bit about during our Byron Buxton interview later. Uh, Buxton actually called him one of the more impressive prospects he's faced in the minor leagues. Um, pretty high praise from the uh, former number one uh, prospect in baseball, and um, you know, we're hoping for big things from Buxton as well. But uh, Blake Snell, 106 strikeouts thus far through 89 innings, um, 40 walks. Recently was called up to AAA. Um, Compensatory pick from 2011, having a breakout season thus far. Didn't let up a single run in single A this year in uh, three outings. So um, we'll see. I, I, I mean, he just got called the Triple A. I would doubt he makes an impact this year, but definitely a guy for you uh, Bowman fans to keep an eye on and uh, get those collections going with him. Absolutely, and I that is one of the guys that I would probably say for collectors to really keep their eye on because he has where DeLeon doesn't have really that that type of maybe range of possibility. Snell has that. He's a very long and lanky kid who you know is going to just keep firing bullets. And lefties take a little bit longer to develop on average. However, Snell looks like he could really be of impact quality very soon. Yeah, he was definitely impressive at the Futures game. Um, Moving on, we got a couple of shortstops that are checking in in the top 10 who were in the bottom portion of the opening season rankings. Orlando Arcia was ranked 94th preseason. The guy is now eight, and Trey Turner was 65. He's now nine. These are two big impact potential shortstops here. Well, they're both going to stay at shortstop. Uh, we can assure you of that. They're, you know, their gloves are perhaps their best tools. Orlando Arcia having a nice year. He's the brother of Oswaldo Arcia. Um, you know, there's a chance the Brewers might trade Segura at the deadline with the foresight of Arcia beca- becoming their uh, shortstop of the future. Uh, that's how high they are on him. And Trey Turner really might change the, the whole landscape of the Nationals' top of the order. He is a guy that is going to be lead off for that team for the foreseeable future uh, when he makes it. He has 18 stolen bases this year, but, um, I mean, if his, his uh, speed tool is rated 80 amongst most scouts. So he's got a lot of potential on the base paths, and he's hitting a nice clip at 317 at it, uh, batting average, 368 on base, and 466 slugging. Um, he was acquired in the Will Myers and Steven Souza trade alongside Joe Ross uh, during the offseason. Should be an interesting guy to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, those two guys I think are two of my favorite guys who are 
just sneaking towards that radar. And now it looks like they're basically on it. I mean, obviously now they're they're pretty high up there on the midseason top 50. And I think if anyone I really would like to keep an eye on, it's going to be Arcia. Not just because he's a shortstop and he fields incredibly well, but he just emits Hanley Ramirez-esque qualities, which is both hilarious and impressive. With a better glove, might I add. With a better glove, yes. And and if you look at him play, I mean, he's, he unbuttons the top few buttons, so already that's like Hanley Ramirez. Yeah. Next, the swing. He has a big high leg kick, which is a nice timing mechanism for him. he's got that swag that you're going He for. does have that swag. He does. It's, it's, it's impossible to not see when you're watching him play. And then... With that nice swing, he doesn't have as long of a swing through the ball, which means that it might take some time for him to develop some power. But it looks like it'll come, and especially one of the later home runs that he's hit. I mean, it, it's very impressive to watch him go. And then, of course, the speed that he runs around the bases. Not exactly, um, let's call it uh, a speed demon around the bases after he hits a home run. But, <laughs> again, like Hanley Ramirez, we mean that with all due respect, of course. But they really are... A lot. They're going to be a lot of fun for both of their franchises because clearly shortstop is one of the hardest positions to not only field well, but to field consistently yeah. well. I mean, there's an incredible amount of shortstops that are coming up the pipeline for a lot of teams. Uh, we could go down the list, but we'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it to those two for now. And um, shifting on over to the Cardinals, um, they have another big-time right-handed pitcher on the way who shot up from 51 on preseason list to number 10 in Baseball America's midseason ranking. Has 99 strikeouts to go with uh, 31 walks over 66 innings. This guy throws 100. He's let up zero home runs. So not only is he striking guys out, guys can't lift the ball off of him. Um, could be a real fast riser. Already in uh, high. He actually just got called up to double A, I believe. Uh, 20 years old. Real impressive kid. It's going to be exciting to watch him to go with uh, Waka and Wainwright and Carlos Martinez in that rotation. Without a doubt, Alex Reyes is this. This kid is going to be really, really good. And if you watch him pitch, there are just shades. We're not saying he looks a lot like him, but shades of Aroldis Chapman in him when he pitches. He's a righty, so clearly that shows that he's very different already. But when he gets to his leg kick, he kind of turns his body in a little bit, and then he extends yeah. his front leg out pretty straight immediately, yeah. and which really reminds me of Chapman. And, oh, I don't know, maybe the fact that he throws 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And those are two of, guys with, yeah. with big frames that are getting everything oh, yeah. out of their frames possible. Everything possible, like you said. And no home runs. Very, very underrated statistic for a pitcher. When you think about it, you think, well, obviously it's a hot, it's important to not give up a home run. But it, when you look at the at the gamut of pitching statistics, no home runs against really doesn't jump out at you saying, wow, that's a statistic I really need to pay attention to. Right. But no, not a single home run, and that probably will stay with him for his career. Not saying that he's never going to give up a home run, but he probably won't give up a lot of home runs if he keeps pitching the way he does, which is low in the zone. Our last guy that we'll mention, uh, this guy who scouts love, is uh, Rafael Devers, uh, third base prospect in the Red Sox organization. Scouts love his bat. Um, he might not end up at third base, but his bat will play anywhere one day. Uh, real young kid as well, out of the Dominican Republic, uh, playing well beyond his years. He should be on the fast track, um, I'd say, up in the next couple of years. Definitely a guy for you Bowman fans to keep an eye on. So let's take a move now from the guys who – are maybe thinking about knocking on the door 
to then the guys, you know, they're knocking on the door. But now we're going to shift to the guys who are in the house. They're sitting at the table. They're eating dinner. They're enjoying themselves. Who are the guys, the rookies, that are making a nice impact that people should definitely be starting to collect right now? Well, Jock Peterson, to me, has been the most impressive rookie. Um, you know, everyone had their eyes on uh, Chris Bryant before the season, maybe Carlos Correa. But Peterson, I mean, first of all, that show he put on at the Home Run Derby was legendary. And what an approach for a kid with that much power, too. His on-base percentage is, you know, hovering around 380. Meanwhile, he's only hitting about 240, which, um, you know, he could pick up his batting average a lot. But you got to love the separation between the batting average and the on-base percentage. Oh, yeah. Um, real impressive kid. Um, next up, I would say the Cubbies, they're, um, they're stacked. I mean, you got Chris Bryant, uh, Addison Russell's having a nice season. Uh, Kyle Schwarber just came up, um, making a big impact right off the bat. Um, the Cubs are, you know, they're loaded and they're rocking and rolling and regularly. And it's what a difference between last season to this season. I had the pleasure of going to a game at Wrigley for the first time in my life last year. And it was, you know, not the obviously the stadium was everything to write home about, but the atmosphere was just dormant. But this year, I went to a game and Bryant was recently called up, and everything was so vibrant there. It's it's exciting times in Wrigley for sure. And it's worth noting, of course, because we are a, a tops brand here. We're, we're not fooling anyone with this, but Chris Bryant is a cover athlete for Tops. He will be on the cover of Tops Chrome. And if we move back a little bit to talk about Jock Peterson. He's a cover athlete for Tops as well, and he's going to be on Bowman Chrome. So it's going to be a really exciting time for Tops to get these two top rookies in the National League, but also these two top rookies in baseball, yeah. to get them on the cover, which will surely excite collectors and just fans in general, which, which is really, really something to look forward to. Let's keep moving here, Diamond. Who else are you looking for? Well, we got, uh, I mean, the Mets have been having a lot of impact guys recently. Uh, Matt's got called up last month. Uh, Conforto was just called up this week. Syndergaard's been pumping gas. Uh, I mean, those three right there, those are, those are centerpiece types, play, types of players that are making an impact this season. So with Michael Conforto, clearly the Mets now have an outfielder that they can place, basically, in the outfield. For, they're hoping for close to a decade. I mean, he has that type of talent. And if anyone has been watching his at-bats recently, you can see for yourself that this kid has a very advanced approach, a la Jock Peterson. And when you're talking about Syndergaard, this kid is just a mountain of a man on the mound who uses all of that pumping high 90s. But he's not using that to just blow guys away. He's actually using that very intelligently, and he's getting guys out in many different ways. Totally impressive campaign from him and Matt's. Those, I mean, Matt's just went down. Um, he only had two starts, but uh, Syndergaard's really um, probably outdone his expectations, and those expectations were pretty high coming into the season. The Astros have had an impressive group of rookies this season, starting with Lance McCullers, who is really putting up a Rookie of the Year campaign, in my opinion. I mean, if the guy keeps it up and they let him finish out the season without an innings limit, you got to put him up there, putting up great strikeout numbers, more than nine strikeouts per nine innings. And that's to go with Carlos Correa, who uh, was number one on most lists before he got the call, uh, as well as Vincent Velasquez, who's a nice prospect in himself. He uh, pumps up her 90s stuff. Um, so the Astros already getting a, a jump start this season on the youth movement, but uh, there's more to come for that organization, which we already touched on. 
Um, and lastly, we'll uh, we'll end our our uh, session here with the twins, who um, Buxton uh, you'll hear from very shortly. Uh, made his debut uh, a little over a month ago. He's on the DL, but um, another, just a guy who everyone's been waiting years for and is just excited. Just from the day he was drafted, you knew he was going to be special. And you have Miguel Sano right now, who's uh, really living up to the hype, uh, putting up nice power numbers right out of the gate. Um, and we'll see if uh, Jose Barrios joins them as well uh, later this season. Um, but definitely uh, some teams that are getting nice contributions out of their rookies and have more in the pipeline on the way. Yeah, Buxton is a guy that you just, when you watch him play, and, and when he's at his best, he just takes over a game completely. He can do everything, the five to a player, to the nth degree. And he's going to be so much fun for these Twins fans to watch for a, almost a generation. I mean, if he can stay on the field and stay healthy, which everyone hopes for because of the talent that he has. Miguel Sano is has the power that, again, we were talking earlier, power is just strapped over all throughout the league it's there people are having some trouble hitting the ball out of the ballpark this kid has no trouble hitting the ball out of the ballpark i saw him hit an accidental home run to center field the other day he looked like he got jammed right he and that's a pitcher's part exactly when 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 you don't look your best and you hit a home run over the center field wall at target field yeah you can be on my team any day but we move back to buxton and it's because we had the privilege of talking with him over the phone recently. He was actually in the middle of signing some cards for us, and we thanked him very much for actually joining us while he was doing that. It was very gracious of him. He has some fascinating things to say, and we will just go right into it. This is our pre-taped interview with Twins outfielder Byron Buxton. Really quick question to start everything off, something that a lot of Topps fans and baseball fans would probably want to know is what was it like to see yourself on a baseball card for the first time? Pretty amazing. Um, I remember my first signing with, with y'all and um, went down to Fort Myers and I was just real anxious to, to see what see my place on the card and, and just start signing. Um, really just glad I was able to be recognized to be able to sign my own card one day and that's also another dream that I accomplished in life. Yeah, that must have been a real thrill to not only see yourself on the car, but then know that you're going to sign it. That must have been pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that was definitely the best part about it all. I'm sure everybody could wish one day that they could make a car for themselves and end up signing their own card one day. Now, did you collect cards when you were younger? I do. Particularly, uh, like, a few cards that my parents house and in a box. I got maybe five thousand cards in that box. Wow. I was kept cards since I was small, and my mom and dad would go to the store and get in a box or a pack of cards, and I opened them, just put them in that put them in that case, and kept them ever since then. That's awesome, and I'm sure there are. Thousands of people who have that same story as you, which is really something that's truly incredible. Do you have a favorite card that you remember that you that you pulled one day and you said, "Wow, that is a great and cool card"? Um, I know for a fact I got Kyle Ripken's rookie rookie year card. Uh, my dad keeps that in like his top drawer, <laughs> and that is going nowhere, I'm sure. 
Yeah, he he don't even let me touch it anymore. So it's definitely not going anywhere. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And and so your your dad and and your mom are also uh, card enthusiasts. A little bit more so my dad than my mom. My mom is just she's just glad to see see me happy. And my dad he he's pretty much into baseball a lot, so he collects a lot of things. That's great. So you brought up a, a Cal Ripken rookie card, and so we could use that to segue to my next question, which is about rookies, and but more so of today, which is the fact that so many teams seem to be bringing up these top prospects, yourself, of course, included on many top lists. I mean, what do you think about that, the fact that so many of you young guys are, are coming up so soon and making such an impact? It's just great knowing that the, they come from – come from our draft class and um it's people you've been played against some people people you've been on been teammates with and it's really really just fun to go out there and, and see them do well and, and compete against each other whenever we have the chance to play each other um, and just go out there and have fun i know when we play against each other or on the same team that's all that's all we really care about going out there to try to help our team win and and have fun because you won't be able to play this game one day. Absolutely. And someone that hopefully will help you sooner rather than later is Miguel Sano. And so how, what do you think about his progression? How excited are you to potentially get to play alongside him? Um, I'm very excited. I played with him in, in Chattanooga, WA, and we really just went out there and had fun. We didn't didn't care what happened. We went out there and played hard, and we gave our best up for seven night, and and we came out first half and and clinched the playoff spot. And that's what we're trying to do at the beginning of the season was just go go up there and, and clinch a playoff spot for us to play play in the postseason. And I mean, it's always fun playing beside him, especially how how funny he is, how he keeps you keeps you laughing, he keeps you in the game. Speaking of just valued teammates and whatnot, what do you think of your major league teammates? They're awesome. I mean, me me as a rookie here, I try to get as much information as I can from from everybody. They've been just helping me out along the way, and um, that's all I can ask for. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't come here to to expect expect a lot, and they really help me out. They take the pressure off of me a lot, and and just tell me to go out there and have fun, and that's what I do. And I go out there and get my best effort to try to help us win, or or get in good squad position for them to drop me in or making plays for for our pitchers. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit just to talk about your mindset and be getting to where you are today. Who is your baseball idol growing up? Who did did you model your game uh, to anybody? Um, I play shortstop to my ninth grade year, and I uh. I always liked the Tripper Jones as a Braves fan. Um, just because he he went out there and, and played the game hard every day and he hustles and he was just a good person on and off the field. And did you try to maybe emulate his swing or did you try to take something from his game physically? Um, really just going out there and, and playing playing hard every every pitch and and having good at bats at the bat. Um, I watched him a lot growing up and I rarely saw him strike out not not aggressive and 
I mean, if you're gonna gonna do something, make sure you do it aggressive and, and trying hard and not trying hard at all. Eventually, you will be playing the Braves at some point. And what is that going to be like for you to, to really compete as hard as you can against your childhood team? It's going to mean a lot. I mean, definitely because it's my one of my childhood teams. And we just want to go out there and, and play hard. Um, go out there and help, help our team win. And whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to go out there and, and try my best. And I know that's what everybody else here is going to do, too. All right, so let's go back again, you know, to your to some maybe historical baseball knowledge that you might have. Nothing too serious. However, is there a player that you wish that you could have played against in obviously a previous era? Is there someone that you really wish that you could have faced? Um I didn't have the chance of playing playing against Derek Jeter. Um I always wanted to play play against him and and see how he played the game. I know in person. I watched him on TV a lot. And um, he was just a phenomenal player. And, and he always went out there and played hard. He gave gave 110% every day. And that's that's all you act for. You, he knew you, he didn't have much time left. And he just went out there and played hard. And that's all you, all you really want from such a veteran, phenomenal player. Without a doubt. And anybody on the Braves that you wish you could have played against or with? Definitely when Chipper and and Andrew Jones and Rafael Fakal was there, I would have definitely loved to play play on that team just because that was my childhood team growing up and there was a really good team back then and they had great pitching, Maddox, Smokes, Glavin, like all of that couldn't have been more better than to play beside those guys. And that would have been really cool for you to be able to play behind that big three of Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, and Tom Glavin. That, that would have probably been a dream for you. That, that definitely would have been a dream for me. I mean, those guys are, are almost set the standard for pitching trios. And do you, I mean, do you think we'll ever see something like that again, those three type of guys? It's tough. Those... Those was definitely the the bulldogs of of pitching in that era, and I mean I'm sure one day you're gonna run into a team that got those kind of three bulldogs or how many ever pitchers it is, and you just gotta go out there and, and battle and and give the best effort. I mean you just gotta go in there, and hang on, and and try your best to to have good at bats and quality at bats. For sure. How about current pitchers? Is there a current pitcher that you're really excited to face who you have not faced yet? Yeah, it's quite a lot of them, but definitely either Kershaw or Bumgarner. Um, both phenomenal pitchers, and you you really want to face the best when you get up here. And I just want to go out there and, and see what happens. I mean, we got a video game and whenever we teammates or whatever play a game we we pick teams and we play with them some and all that kind of stuff and just to see the stuff on the video game it looks completely unhittable so i just want to get in the box and and face them one day i'm sure you will one western trip and i'm sure both of them will give you uh, their money's worth and oh yeah <laughs>
do you have like when you go through the minor leagues like you've had to do are there play like who is an who's a minor league player that really stands out to you to say you know what that minor league player was so good he's definitely going to come up really soon because of what i saw hmm. who have we played the biscuits um snail was a lefty pitcher for them um Really good pitcher. Um, kept us off balance real well. Stuff was really good, and he, he was consistent around the plate. And it's always tough when the pitcher's consistent and, and they got more than two or three pitches that they can fall on to, to get you out with. Sure, for sure. All right, so just a couple more questions from us here. Uh, and this is an interesting one that I'd love to hear your input on it. If you could have another player's swing for one day, whose would that be? A swing that you really like and wish you could call your own just for a day? Hmm. I like that um, Derek Lee, when he was with the Marlins, maybe 2,000-ish. That is a phenomenal answer. That swing was short and sweet and awesome. It was. So Derek Lee from the Marlins. Wow, that is an awesome answer. Okay, and so my final question for you, and this is going to be a hypothetical where you look far into the future. Let's say everything, okay. everything goes perfectly for you in your career, and the Hall of Fame will call your name many years from now, probably two decades from now if it happens. What would you want your Hall of Fame plaque to say about you? Just he was a, a great person on and off the field. Um, loved to, to give back, give back to the community, and, and really just very helpful, helpful as he could be, and like to go out and have fun. Well, that sounds like a heck of a plaque and a heck of a career ahead of you. And we here at Tops hope that it continues to blossom and that you truly do shine at this level, which we have no doubt you will. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And again, best of luck to you for the rest of this season. Thank you. And once again, thank you to Byron for joining the program and thanks to him for signing the cards as well. I'm sure thousands of people are hoping to pull one of those cards that he had right there in front of him. And now we switch gears to talking about the most interesting and fun card set the Topps Company produces and has produced for a decade, the Allen & Ginter baseball set. But the name itself is a bit of a misnomer, as it is so much more than just about cards and about baseball. Jeremy Fullerton and Jason Berger are the product's assistant brand manager and editor, respectively. They are better than anyone else to give us a sneak peek into this year's product. Let's go through the history a little bit about Allen and Ginter. Where does the name come from? What does this product have to do with the Topps Company? Sure. Uh, well, Allen and Ginter was originally uh, a tobacco company uh, named after their founders, Allen and Ginter, their last names. Uh, in the late 1800s, they started putting in baseball cards and cards of all different uh, sorts, you know, featuring all different sorts of subjects in their uh, tobacco pouches as a promotion. They became very popular. The 1888 set is the most famous and kind of the one that we drew inspiration for, uh, inspiration from with our first set that we put out in 2006. And what about Allen and Ginter 
would you say makes it made it so appealing like to bring back sure it definitely has an iconic look the cards are different sizes; they're mini sized uh the original ones were and uh some of the inserts in all of the uh allen and ginter cards through the last 10 years do, are in that mini size so they definitely have an iconic art style and an iconic size and it's so much more now than about just the look of it it's the content, and it makes it incredibly unique. Let's talk about some of the strange and, and interesting things that we've put into Allen & Ginter in the past. Sure, in the past we've done everything from, you know, outside of just doing baseball relics and autographs, we're getting the non-baseball subjects. So these are pop culture icons and champions uh, across history and all sports and entertainment. Um, but some of the really neat ones are the, the DNA hair relics that we've put in in the past of, you know, world leaders. Um, the actual balloon from Balloon Boy a few years ago. That one was, uh, you know, a real interesting find. Um, animal bones. Uh, we've done a colony in a card which contained uh, brine shrimp. You actually put the card into water, and there you have your own colony of brine shrimp, also known uh, as sea monkeys. See, this is the kind of stuff that I don't, you can't find that anywhere else. You, you can't find that kind, of, that, that kind of content anywhere else other than Allen and Ginter, and that's what we were talking about up front. This is by far the most interesting set that, that Topps makes. And, J and Jason is the editor yes, for this past year. And when you're choosing the images for the product, which is mainly what you do, what was so interesting about this year's what what highlighted your image selecting this year you know I, th I think the bugs was definitely one of my favorites that uh we also did the first ladies which was really fun and interesting for me looking back into the past of um you know our favorite former first ladies it's just like a fun product for me it's just different looking at all these different subjects that uh people may that we think may find interesting yeah, the quirky inserts are really something that's different uh, and exclusive to Allen and Ginter as far as for Topps baseball cards, where you're you're going to get your baseball subjects that are highlighted in certain inserts and their base cards, um, but you're also going to get pirates and uh, you know uh, f crazy birds of prey and uh, you know things that we thought were going to be in the future but didn't never came to fruition. Um, so. It makes the box opening and pack opening experience so much more, f you know, well, not more fun, but just unique to Ginter um, that you don't get in anything else that uh, any of the card companies provide, in my opinion. And so this year, what would you say truly highlights some of the some some of this product this year? I mean, you, you mentioned some subsets now, which were are fantastic. One of my <laughs> favorites is Ancient Armory because I just find. I just find that that type of subject matter really fascinating. But what what really stuck out to you as well? Um, those things are always neat to you know. My role is we get what are the inserts going to be, and then fleshing out what, okay which ten, fifteen, twenty subjects fall within that. So it's a lot of research on on the internet and uh, you know other sources that I can find uh, for old weapons or the first ladies or interesting birds of prey. Um, but something that's really unique to Ginter this year that we haven't done in the past is it's the 30th year since the release of the original Rocky movie. So we were able to get Rocky the rights to, to the Rocky movies and do base cards 
of these f fictional iconic uh, boxers um, in Ginter. So you have a Rocky Balboa card, a Clubber Lang card, an Apollo Creed card, um, Ivan Drago. You know, we got Stallone and uh, Dolph Lundgren to sign cards for us too. So those are some really highly sought after cards. And so now let's get back to talking about the fact that this is, you know, the decade. And let's talk about the type of 10th anniversary content that is in this year's product. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting to kind of go back and look at all of the cards that we've done over the past 10, 10 releases. You know, each of the hobby boxes, you're going to get buyback cards, so the full-size and mini buybacks from you could get a 2006 card, you could get a 2011 card. It's a, it's a wide array of buybacks from all of the Ginters uh, in the past. Uh, we have select buyback autos, so we went into the secondary market and purchased autograph cards back from collectors, put them in new frames, a new stamp, and put those into product, and then we did not to be too confusing, what I was discussing were the buyback autographs. We also have autographed buybacks. So these are cards that we were unsigned, regular base cards, that we purchased on the secondary market as well, and then had signed by some of the bigger names that didn't have autograph cards in that year's edition. So you have, you know, Craig Biggio, Ken Griffey Jr., Clayton Kershaw, Clemens, Piazza, Smoltz, Harper, you know, the list goes on of guys who didn't have autographs in, say, their 2009 card, but we purchased their 2009 card and then got them to sign it. Um, and then really the big piece of this is the 10th anniversary auto. So we went back to the first three releases that we did and went after some of the most notable non-baseball autographs, these champions outside of baseball that signed for us and then had them sign new cards again for us, limited to 10 for each of the 10 years on 10 different designs, um, plus red ink one of one. So those are always the really high, highly sought after parallels. Um, and those are some huge names. You know, uh, we got Jenny Finch, Mia Hamm, Danica Patrick, Greg Luganis, uh, the former uh, hot dog eating champion, Joey Chestnut, as of, you know, up until this year. Um, so really cool names. And those are cards that we're seeing really, really uh, get a lot of interest on the secondary market in, in trades. Well, all of those hits sound exactly like the stuff that thousands of collectors are going to be looking for in the coming weeks. Thank you very much, Jeremy and Jason. And I now bring in Susan LeJudai, who, for those of you out there who are listening and will be going to the 36th National Collectors Convention, you'll be seeing this woman there in Topps Garb. Susan, thank you for joining Thanks, Alex. This will be my personal fifth national that I'll be going to. Sort of broke the streak last year, did not go last year, so I'm definitely looking forward to being back there again. And so talk a little bit about Topps' presence at the convention this year. Well, first, we are looking to have a lot of fun with the collectors, as always. We have a couple, a couple of different redemptions. The first redemption is an Allen & Gifford, Allen & Ginter die cut, a pack of those, and you bring in a sealed box of Allen & Ginter, to the tops booth crack open your box there and you get a sealed pack of five different cards it could be either baseball or football cards depending on what you want then we have a gypsy queen box redemption so if you bring in select boxes you can go on our website at tops.com click on the rediscover link and head over to the blog and you'll see that there's a post about 
what we're doing at the National, and it'll list all the different boxes that are eligible for the Gypsy Queen cards. So there's three Gypsy Queen cards featuring Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, and Chris Bryant. So those are the two biggies. We always do a question and answer with collectors. So the first 150 people who sign up at the Tops booth for the Q&A get to come have a little uh, breakfast on us. It's Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And they might even be a little surprised there. So, you know, people are wondering why we're doing it in the morning. If you show up, you might find out. And so what about the convention in general makes it so much fun for collectors and it makes it such a draw? Well, first, there's hundreds of booths that have so many different items. You could literally find anything sports related at this thing. It's, it's crazy just the vast amount of cards and memorabilia and just like oddball kind of stuff that you can find. But beyond that, what so many collectors will tell you, it's, it's our prom. <laughs> you know? We all show up at this thing once a year and for some of us it's the only time we get to see each other throughout a year. So I have so many friends that I have personally made through collecting when I had a blog and then through Twitter and Facebook and all different social media and you finally get to see them and then you get to hang out with them and trade cards and talk about cards but you know it's also about life because some of these people you met before they were married and before they had kids and suddenly you know it's all different. It's like a collector's reunion once a year. And so, Susan, let's talk about the actual booth and, and what and maybe some of the things that might be going on directly there that people can look out for when they come by. Well, beyond the redemptions, we have a bunch of different things going on. The bunt and huddle and kick and Star Wars guys, you know, our app team, they're going to be there showing off different, you know, the app to the collectors who've never used it to those people who have questions. And I think they're going to also have exclusive like codes to get cards on the app there then we have our you know our oversized cards and wall art crew they're going to be there selling some different i know chicago based kind of uh memorabilia along with some other baseball football it's a little bit of everything that we have there and uh we might also play a little cornhole for prizes so that could be fun i saw that cornhole board and boy did that look awesome we actually took it to the MLB Fan Fest in Cincinnati and had people asking us where can they buy it because it looked that good. Yeah, Pamela Lum, who is one of the production assistants here, designed it and she made it look fantastic. So good for her and good for Tops to have that type of that type of reach even through cornhole. <laughs> That's correct. I mean, people, you, people. It was it was cool because there were people like, oh my gosh, you guys make garbage bail kids because we had, you know, an assortment of our cars on there like WWE and then their football and GPK and obviously baseball. But it was cool to see sort of everything we do in one place like that. And we hope you join those representing tops at the convention and say hi and trade a card or two. But of course, we thank you for joining us here in our inaugural podcast. They'll be posted every other Tuesday, and we hope you come back to us then. Special thanks goes out to Clay Laraski and Leanne Minutoli for allowing this podcast to exist. Mark Morrison, Roy Mayworm, and our own John Einelhorry to get Byron Buxton on the horn with us. Susan LeJudai, Jason Berger, Jeremy Fullerton, and Andrew Diamond for contributing. And finally, thanks to the killer quartet of Kellican, Ross, Smith, and Yanelli. This has been... Episode 1 of Tops Talk. Talk.